Warning. The following podcast is harvesting your data that will be used by advertisers to track you across the internet, social media, and your own devices. Evil Agency. Evil Agency. Recently, on the company Slack, we were talking about wings, specifically chicken wings, and where to find the best ones in Sydney. And side note, if anyone knows, please tell us because nobody really had a go-to and God, I love chicken wings. But anyway, but anyway, but anyway, then we started talking about our favorite fried chicken in Sydney and everyone had heaps to say, including me, when I said how much I loved Bell's hot chicken. I think you know what's going to happen next. Two hours after mentioning Bell's, One of the people that was part of the conversation, who interesting lives in Melbourne, not in Sydney, shared an email she had just received from Bells saying they missed her and invited her back. How many times has this happened to you? You're typing, talking, even just thinking of a brand, and all of a sudden you're being targeted by their ads. It's a creepy feeling, right? It feels invasive, sometimes even a little eerie, like you're being spied on. what I've seen from the work agencies like mine do, we're not listening through your phone. But that doesn't mean you're not being tracked. Maybe just not in the way you think. This episode, I want to focus on tracking, how we do it, why we do it, and whether you can shake us off your tail. Hi, my name is Mike. I am Head of Data and Analytics for Digitas. So, how does one become in charge of data and like like what what is this role how did you get here oh that's a great question i mean i i guess i just kind of i think if you speak to anyone who's in data right now i reckon probably 50 percent of them might have done a data related thing at university the other 50 percent honestly just fell into it um you know i mean i think when you think back to the probably late 2000s, early 2010s, that was when big data was really starting to explode onto the scene. And uh, I think you know, necessity is the mother of invention. All of a sudden, with all of this data flying at people from all of these different places, um, lots of people saw that that was, you know, that there was business opportunity there. And um, yeah, no surprise, kind of 10, 15 years later, that um, data has kind of become the, the, well, not the silver bullet, but I mean, it's kind of worth its weight in gold. Um, so I think I was kind of lucky. I just was in the right place at the right time. Um, I found a, a company that dealt in competitive data. And from there, I guess my career has just kind of um, blossomed off the fact that uh, capabilities and solutions that are focused around data have, um, uh, have evolved into something that's pretty incredible today. Now, I think that term competitive data is really interesting. But also, do you say data or data? What do we say in Australia? Yeah. Is there an accepted form? I'm just, I'm, I'm surrounded by too many Brits and Americans. I just, one day I just decided, fine, I'm going to give in. It's data. And now when you say data to an Australian, I mean, it's kind of like uh, nails on a chalkboard, isn't it? All right. So when you mentioned competitive data, in the last episode, we chatted to Bree about how 
the reason why we as a marketing agency have a data department is because our clients who are companies that want to effectively communicate and sell stuff to their audiences want to know their audiences better. Now, one of the things that came up there, which was really interesting, is the fact that we don't just use people's data we track people is that correct do we can you can you you know, can you elaborate what it means to say you know when we use data to track people and track audiences and track customers yeah 100% i mean uh, there's there's an interesting saying which is data is people in disguise and so the reality is that everyone who's listening to this podcast right now has in fact created a piece of data themselves. You know, I mean, they, they've gone somewhere, they have found the podcast, they've hit play. Somewhere there's going to be an analytics platform that is telling us um, how many people have listened, where were they at the time of listening? Can we find out anything about those people? How long did they listen for? What other podcasts do they like to listen to? There's just so much rich contextual information that, that we can gather on people. And, you know, I think at its most objective level, that, that data is sort of there to help us um, understand those people, those prospects, and make sure that we do a better job of what it is that we're creating so that we can really understand what works. Is this something that customers like? What are the elements of it that customers would want to hear more of? And then how does that guide us as an organization to, to, to really streamline um, the way that we're, that we're going to market? It, it, it doesn't, I suppose at the same time though, you know, uh, it, it's tracking is the kind of thing that, that needs almost 100% transparency. And even when you have 100% transparency around how you are collecting and using this data, I think that yeah, you can start to feel as though it's a bit of a personal infringement on you when all of a sudden you understand that, that you were doing something and, 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 and there was some other organization that was collecting and using that information. It's kind of like, you know, the, the, the digital version of if you find out that someone has been filming you secretly in a way. That idea of transparency is interesting because something we've already talked about on the pod is the idea that sometimes the data we're using isn't ours, but we're taking it from, you know, to your point, we might be taking data from Spotify or we might be taking data from a social media app on behalf of our clients. What does that tracking look like? If, if, if we want it to be entirely transparent, like what sort of tracking do we do as a marketing agency on behalf of a client to track their customers? Yeah, look, I think this, this comes down to the, the different types of data that, that we can collect. I mean, obviously, you know, and without going too much into detail, but you, you've got first-party data, which is, you know, me as an organization, let's say I'm Telstra, and uh, and you're coming along and you're interacting with me as Telstra. Um, anything that you give me directly, that's our first-party data. There's, there's second-party data where we're, in fact, sort of sharing all of that information that Telstra has gotten from, from you, potentially with another uh, organization that you're engage with say like the AFL and they can uh, and they can serve an experience that's related to, you know that's really bringing together those two brands in a really clever and intelligent way um, then there's also third-party data which is where you know um, uh, there are organizations that have got huge reams and reams of data on all sorts of consumers and in general what they what they try to do is they, they genericize it and they sell that data and, and, and even then you know that that sort of helps um, organizations to make more informed decisions on on their customers I mean yeah it can just be very helpful to know uh, for example uh, you know we've, we've identified we've got a, a customer here called Chris um, and it turns out that uh, Chris is in, let's say, a higher income bracket. And so we actually think that right now we, we might have a plan that is more suitable to someone of his income um, that's going to better fulfill his needs. So, yeah, everything really comes down to what the use cases are for those 
first, second, and third party data sets. I suppose where where it starts to get a little bit grey is that our, our customers, our customers don't work in digital. They, they don't work in data. Um, and all they see is sort of the outputs of, of what, we're, what we're doing with this data. And in that sense, if it's not done correctly, if it's not done with that sense of transparency, then it, it starts to have a really massive impact on customers' confidence for us to be able to use their data in a privacy-compliant manner. Um, so you know, what they see is that they, they see these ads that are persistently following them around the internet. I don't know if you know what the UDI is, and I apologise if there's anyone listening to the podcast who works with UDI, but my gosh, I clicked on that as a joke, a bit of a joke gift for my sister, uh, and it, it followed me around the web, you know, like no joke, for about six months, everywhere I went, in apps, on mobile, on desktop. Now, can I interrupt there? When an ad does follow you around like that, in the case of the UDI, is that a case of second-party data? So that's I've shared some first party data which is clicking on an ad and then that has been shared with a number of other places where i'm visiting is that what you're kind of talking about it's it's what we probably call third third party so you know this is this is the information that the udi has captured uh it's 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 you know that is their own data it is it is first party but as soon as you go to another website and you're looking at at, you know you're now interacting with uh, news.com.au for example then it's that third that 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 first party data that udi uh, has has now become third-party data. It's now not in their environment. It's in a it's in a publishing environment, and in that sense, it's, it's now become uh, third-party data. And so that persistently used third-party data that's now travelling all around the web um, is that's that's the experience that customers are seeing. That's the thing that is annoying them. That's the thing that is you know making them look at at, at those sorts of experiences and saying, how did you know that about me? How did you know where I've been? How do you know where I'm going to be? Uh, how is all of this coming together? And you know that that I think that that lack of confidence then starts to seep into other areas. You know, I'm sure everyone who's listening um, has wondered at some point: is 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 Siri listening to me? Is Alexa listening to me? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know. They might be. I hope they're not. And this is a question I really wanted to ask you because I know this has been debunked, but shouldn't we, and especially you as the head of data analytics, if they were listening to you, if your phone was listening to you, wouldn't we get that as a data point or is it not that simple? I mean, put it this way. Uh, if you ask yourself as a consumer, would you would you want those devices to be doing it? The answer is no. So if you were one of the companies that had access to that data, would you be selling it? If you were, you probably want to be very careful about the way that you're selling it. Again, these consumers are not working in the industry, um, but it, we're also almost getting to an inflection point where those same consumers transitioning from where previously they might, might have looked at these sorts of things and thought, how do you know that about me? They're now transitioning to, to why don't you know that about me? And so, you know, the, that tension between what consumers really don't want you to do with their data and, and how that conflicts them with how they are expecting you to use your data really kind of puts us in this strange middle ground where if we can't get the right level of transparency in terms of that conversation that we're having with our customers, uh, it, it's going to result in a really uncertain future for, for data. So uh, what I think is really interesting about this is that as as the head of data analytics at our agency, you can pretty much easily pinpoint a example like the Audi example where it was annoying for a consumer and, in fact, it was kind of invasive, the fact that you've clicked on a product once and it's followed you all around the web. Do you see that as like that's almost like the line in the sand? Like you need to 
create something that knows the consumer well enough to give them what they want rather than just forcing things that you think they might want based on some very limited behavior? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, and and I think that that's where, uh, yeah, even though even though in some senses we're working in advertising, we're we're working in media. I think that the, the reality is that all of us are actually working in experience, and we constantly need to be thinking about what the person what the person who's on the receiving end is thinking when they when they get these and they when they get these. You know, ads. now that we know a little bit more about things like first, second, and third party data and the sort of things we're sharing, now that we're starting to see that what actually consumers want, and so what somebody like me probably actually wants out of this is brands not to follow me around, but brands to I guess almost like anticipate what I want and so make life easier for me rather than just constantly selling to me. Is there anything I can do to ensure I have better experiences online or am I totally up to the whims of organizations doing the right thing with their consumers' data? Yeah, I think that it it comes down to, again, you know, we can't necessarily expect all of our customers and prospects to be fully educated on the ways of data. But at the same time, I think it is the the consumers who actively engage in in understanding what their rights are from a data privacy perspective that um, are are going to win out. I mean, the obligation certainly sits with brands. And if if you've ever noticed a brand who you think is breaching those privacy guidelines, then it's worth having a conversation with them to say, hey, you know, I was a potential buyer. I didn't like what you did. I'm not going to buy your products and I'm going to tell everyone uh, that uh, about this experience that I've had. And in that sense, you know, I, I think we are getting to a point in the industry where brands are, are starting to wake up to the fact that, that, they, that they can't keep doing this, that they need really tight controls around their data and they need to be really transparent. I think, you know, having that constant transparency and regularly checking in with your customers to say, hey, this is how we're working with your data and this is how we think you want us to, to work with it, but please, by all means, tell us if it's not. That's that's where brands sort of um, need to evolve to because the reality is serving these sorts of relevant and personalized experiences, it, it works. It's what makes a lot of businesses run. And so if you give them the green light to do that, then that's exactly what they're going to do. Next episode, we're delving into the world of social media to find out who's looking at what you share and who owns your baby. That's available to stream right now, as is the rest of the season. Otherwise, please visit us at evilagency.net. Feel free to open up a private browser if you don't want to be tracked and tell us what you think of the season. Thank you. Love you.